Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back guys. Today's episode is focused around fertility. The beautiful Crystal who started her journey to motherhood later on in life was diagnosed with endometriosis and found out that she had an extremely low egg count. After failed attempts to conceive via IVF, they decided to go down the donor egg path. This is such an inspiring story, focusing on the types of journeys fertility can take you on and the beautiful reward at the end of that often long, hard road. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for joining me on today's show. I really appreciate you coming on. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, like where you live and who's in your family? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, my name's Crystal Elton. Um, I live down the Gold Coast in Chugan, which I love. Um, my husband's name is Chris mm-hmm. and we have a little four-month-old called Coco. So beautiful. Little girl. Yeah. Now, you guys had issues falling pregnant. Do you want to take us through that journey? All right. So also my husband is nine years younger than me. So okay. we, I was a little bit later to start a family as well, um, which... I thought I didn't think would be as hard as what we did, all the things we did have to go yeah. through. So probably three years ago. So um, how old are you, sorry? I'm 41 now. Oh, okay. You don't yeah. look 41. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, basically I got tested, um, got my AMH tested and realised that my egg count was basically non-existent. Um, really? I've, yeah, so I've also got endometriosis. So I've had a, quite a few surgeries just to help With kind that. of keep on top of that. Yeah, yeah, so also having endometriosis diminishes your egg reserve as well. So oh, I think, yeah, okay. anyone that does have even painful periods or anything, definitely try and I might, yeah, I've gone see someone about that as well. So I think that's really important. So with your endo, did they ever let you know 
by the way, this could affect your egg count or was that something you just found out when you sort of went to try? So, yeah, I kind of wish that I'd found maybe a specialist that did let me know a little bit more about what could happen with my fertility. I had my first laparoscopy surgery when I was 18. So I've had, yeah, three laparoscopies. um, And, yeah, I didn't really have the knowledge that it does definitely affect your egg it affects your egg quality and also like your egg reserve as well so yeah I found out that my AMH was really low and yeah we basically went to see we went through Dr Keong on the Gold Coast at Monash Mm -hmm. um fertility highly recommend him if anyone does need to go down the IVF um route yeah, so we did um, three full rounds of IVF with just trying with my eggs. Yeah. When we first went to see Dr. Keong, he, yeah, he he's pretty straightforward kind of guy, which I liked as well. He said yeah. that fast to have a baby with my eggs was going to be very slim chances. So is that just because they don't have a lot to choose from so the quality isn't the best? Yeah, so like your AMH range, so zero is basically, yeah, you're, you're out. So my AMH was only 1.0. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so the first round of IVF that we did, um, we got four eggs. Mm-hmm. So, and then we actually did end up with an embryo out of that. We're lucky my husband has amazing sperm as well. So mm-hmm. that was on our sides. Yeah. Um, and we did we transferred that embryo which didn't take um and then we did another two rounds the second round we were on our way we got another embryo we were on our way to the clinic and they said that the embryo stopped progressing so we didn't end up with anything yeah which was really hard yeah and then our third round we um yeah, I wasn't responding to the medication like all the injections you do. Did you get any side effects from that? I was lucky. I didn't really have any side effects or and I don't have a needle phobia or anything like oh, that. Good. So I think for me probably just IVF is hard. It's, it's, it is a roller coaster because you're on so like a high like, yes, I've got yeah. this embryo to transfer and then if it doesn't, then you kind of know where to – Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so and then, yeah, our last – cycle got cancelled so that was yeah we had like a decision to make after that and Dr Keong basically then said I think that you should go you should go along the donor egg path um yeah so I'm very lucky my husband has he said whatever we need to do along the way we will do to have a baby Mm because he's always I'm probably getting emotional here Um, yeah, so I'm really lucky that he's he's amazing. He's so supportive and yeah, was always supportive the whole way through. So then, yeah, we started looking for a donor. How does that work? Do you sort of get a description of them or? So basically there's a few websites that you can go through. There's Egg Donation Australia. Um, and basically, sorry, say we wanted to find a donor, we put a profile up of ourselves yeah and then um people that are wanting to donate then can contact you Mm. i was we were very very lucky um through monash there's we had a facebook group and through that group 
our beautiful donor, donor Jess, put up a post saying that she would like to do a donation. And, yeah, I just sent her a message and we started talking. Oh, how cool. So you actually can correspond with them. Yep. So you can either do an unknown, like go through an unknown donor or you can go through a known donor. That's so, so cool. yeah, Jess and I met up and then, um, yeah, basically she picked us to that she wanted to donate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, Jess has to, and she's so beautiful. She's just such a lovely, lovely person. And, and so she basically has to put her body through a whole IVF cycle but of then course, because they've got to retrieve the eggs, yeah. Yeah. She is very lucky she's got amazing eggs. So from her, we did one cycle with Jess and we got 35 eggs. Oh, wow. And yeah. So from those 35 eggs, we ended up with 18 frozen embryos. Oh, my god! Which is amazing. So it's probably like a rec- I think just about a record for our fertility clinic. Yeah, wow. Um, and Jess is also 24, so we were very lucky with her egg quality that we got really, really good quality embryos out of our cycle as well. So, yeah, we yeah put them on freeze and then so basically after you've got your embryos, then you do a transfer and then just wait to see if you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. First time we transferred one embryo and that didn't take. Mm-hmm. So then... I've got to go through on more medication again, just prepare my body for the next transfer. We decided to do a double transfer. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have mind if we had twins. Yeah. Um, so if both the embryos take, then we could have ended up with twins. And, yeah, I did a home pregnancy test and it's the first time ever that I've had a second line on a pregnancy oh, test. how amazing. Yeah, I've still got the little test. <laughs> Yeah, oh, God, I kept all of my first pregnancy yeah. tests. There's like 50. Yeah. So did you allow yourself to enjoy that time and not let any of the what-ifs creep into your mind? I think I was just that I was just that happy that um, yeah. that I did have a second line and my first lot of bloods came back. My HCG was through the roof, awesome. so super, really, really good. And my next set of bloods were really good. Um, so, so, and then... From there, then, yeah, all of our scans were really good. And for me, probably, uh, just to mention, I know donor, the donor path probably is not for everyone, but for me, I just felt such a sense of relief that we would be starting a family. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for me, it was just such a positive, amazing pregnancy. And you got to meet the donor, which I think is beautiful as well. So Jess and I talk probably just nearly just about every second day. Oh, um, cool. That's yeah. so special. So she's met Coco and, oh, wow. yeah, we're going to be very open with Coco about how she was conceived. I don't want her to yeah. ever feel like. You've like, hidden something type thing. Never want her to feel that way yeah. at all. And if she wants to meet Jess, then we're totally open to that as well. So That's awesome. I love yeah. that. So from the very start, we're going to let her know how she came into our life. So, but yeah, and I can just, just so grateful for Jess and meeting her and just how every, we're just so lucky. We've still got 
15 embryos still available. So we'll be looking at doing another transfer next year for baby number two. So, yeah, very, very lucky. And will you do two eggs again? I think we'll probably just do one. Yeah. So just because – and we're lucky that they are really good quality. So we'd love just – we'd love to have two kids. So Mm. we'll probably do a single transfer next time and see how that goes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. And how was your pregnancy with her? Because I'm sure there's a full process that goes on after you've conceived, right? Yeah. So basically once you are pregnant, you stay on the progesterone, which basically helps um, keep the embryo growing and thriving. Yeah. So you stay on that till about 10 weeks and then just basically wean off that. Um. I was very lucky. I didn't. I was just a little bit tired in my first trimester. I didn't have any morning sickness at all. Oh, wow. I was really, really lucky. Yeah. Um, second trimester, I had a lot of swelling. So, and I had calf, bad carpal tunnel pain, which I'd never heard of with pregnancy. Yes, I got that. Um, also, also ha- yeah, I'm also a hairdresser as well. So that. Oh, yeah. same here, girlfriend. Yeah. It's, it just comes with the territory. Yeah. So that was quite painful and just ended up with swelling. But mm. other than that, I felt really good throughout my whole pregnancy. You were obviously working through your pregnancy, I'm assuming. Yes. So yeah, still so working as well. Yeah. So I had very, very swollen feet. Yeah. Wow. Um, but even probably if I wasn't on my feet working, I still had a lot of fluid, yeah, maybe okay. from about even... 20 weeks quite bad so pretty early yeah pretty early on because that can be a sign of preeclampsia did they ever yeah so I did end up with preeclampsia okay yeah um towards the end um all of our scans were great I think until maybe about 36 weeks and then they noticed that Coco had kind of stopped growing a little bit so um yeah my placenta had stopped functioning the way it should have as well. That could be due to age and also IVF um, pregnancies. You can sometimes have a few complications with your um, placenta as well. Okay, yeah. Um, and blood pressure. My blood pressure was just, yeah, getting not really well. So 38 weeks I went for a checkup and then, yeah, they discovered that um, – I had preeclampsia, so I didn't leave the hospital after that checkup. Wow, okay. Yeah, so I didn't really – I didn't have a birth plan. I was very open to whatever had to happen. I was yep. so happy to be pregnant. Um, Did you me, have a private obstetrician? No. So we went through the Tweed Hospital. Okay. Which they were amazing. Could I? We're going to have our second bub there as well, the midwives there and – the doctors are just, yeah, I had such a good experience with them. Awesome. Really, really good experience. Um, and then, yeah, so I stayed and then I got induced and my water's broken and, yeah, I was very open. If I needed an epidural, I was going to have one. Yeah. But I basically just said whatever has to happen to get Coco out safe and sound, I'll be happy with. So. Yeah. I didn't really go in there with this is what I want to do. Um, so I think on the Wednesday, yeah, they tried to do a clean sweep and then mm-hmm. and then the Friday morning they 
broke my waters and then, yeah, I wasn't really progressing very fast. So I think I ended up having 20 hours of labour. I also had an epidural. So I thought I'll give this a good go and see if I can. I only got to five centimetres dilated. Mm -hmm. So after the 20 hours and then Coco's heart rate dropped a few times as well. So everyone came rushing in and I was I was just yeah I opted for the cesarean then and totally fine with the cesarean I never if that's what I had to do that's what I had to do as well Mm. so we ended up having an emergency cesarean after the 20 hours and our little Coco was born and she was just a little bub at five pounds six and we didn't know if we're having a boy or girl as well oh wow and yeah she came out it was just such a beautiful surprise Mm. and I'm so happy that we didn't find out the sex of our baby like that for us was yeah just amazing Mm. it's the best experience ever um and then yeah and then she so yes everything went all right with cesarean and she was a little bit under what the the birth weight was meant to be before you could leave hospital. So she stayed in the NICU for a little bit and just had to get her weight up a little bit. So I ended up, I stayed in hospital for two weeks as well, just with my preeclampsia because my blood pressure was still really, really high as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we ended up staying in hospital for two weeks and then, yeah, she's very healthy and just, just beautiful yeah yeah how did it feel when you got to bring her home I think that we were both we we even say now I can't believe that we have a baby and we just both just absolutely love her she's just gorgeous she's I'm so so very very lucky I'll just forever be grateful for our donor without her like yeah, she's given us the greatest gift that somebody can ever give you, oh, hey? absolutely. How does it work with the whole gene pool situation? Like, do you look like your donor? Yeah, so we've actually got similar, yeah, we do have similar features. We've both. Did you deliberately choose her for that? No, no. Oh, okay. So I didn't didn't even know when I met her what Jess looked like. Um, really? Yeah, but my husband, Jess, and myself all have big blue eyes, which Coco has as well. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, and then people do say, like, people that don't know that she's a donor-conceived baby do say, oh, she does look like you. And yeah, and I'll actually say, oh, she's, yeah, a donor egg. We've um, conceived her through donor egg. And she does, like, I suppose it's hard when they're, super little but I think she even looks a little bit like Chris mm-hmm. already too but yeah all three of us have really similar eyes oh awesome so but Jess is gorgeous anyway so and and I'm I'm glad that we did do a known donor as well so rather than being totally anonymous if Coco ever does have questions we are able to answer them and like yeah, yeah. Jess, Jess will always be a part of our lives as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. How old was Coco when Jess met her? Um, well, after Coco was born, Corona, Corona started, so oh, she couldn't, yeah, come straight away. But maybe, I think she was maybe a couple of months old mm. and then Jess got to meet her, so, which was, which was really lovely. I, I, if we didn't have Corona, she would have met her 
straight away yeah. just sent me flowers in hospital and just she's just so happy for us as well that's just, so beautiful yeah which and we've become really good friends so which is I just think super lovely mm-hmm. and just makes our journey with Coco so much really lovely special. yeah yeah and definitely. your next child will be the same donor right yeah so yeah we've still got embryos so yeah and then what yep. do, what happens to the remaining embryos do you just keep them there or so you can either on donate or I basically yeah just keep them on ice or they just get destroyed when you have finished your family mm-hmm. so yeah that's something else that we need to talk about what we will do with them as well so had you had any pregnancy scares throughout your life or we had never you, never yeah never I'd never had I'd never even to totally be honest I'd never even done a pregnancy test and wow. yeah so yeah I think endometriosis has a lot to play in it as well so it's interesting they don't share that information with you straight yeah. away but then I suppose it, that's why it's good we share stories like this yeah and it's it it's all about your egg quality as well and I think I mean a lot of people are starting their families a lot later in life as well and I think people IVF definitely won't just give you a baby so there's a lot I think maybe some people think oh we can do IVF but there's still a lot of other yeah Yeah. it doesn't just give you a baby so I think if I could tell people anything yeah go and get your AMH tested Mm -hmm. and just get your fertility bloods done just to see where you're sitting at with your fertility as well is really important yeah because if you had if you had intervened earlier do they think you would have had more success with your eggs or they can't really tell you that yeah they probably can't really tell you that um I know one of my friends, she's already, she's only 22 and she's about to freeze her eggs because her um, AMH is only 12 for her age, which is really low. So she's found a really good specialist that said to her, look, you need to freeze your eggs now because if she, say, got to 35 or something, she probably would, you can go through menopause really early as well. So, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. So I just think, I just think, yeah, go and get yourself checked out and see where you're sitting if you're definitely thinking about starting a family. Just go and get some bloods done and, yeah. And I also, if anyone is thinking of doing IVF, um, Dr. Keong always, like, recommends to have a laparoscopy first as well. So basically What's that? you can see... So laparoscopy, if you do have endometriosis, um, they put a camera basically down into you and they can see. So basically with your endo, um, it's tissue that normally like lines the uterus, grows outside the uterus. So Mm -hmm. basically he goes through and cuts all that out. So if you've got endo, that can, um, your embryo doesn't implant as well. So right. basically he does, he does a bit of investigating before you start IVF because if you think you're spending, say, $14,000 for one cycle of IVF, you kind of want to start with a good slate rather than going yeah. in there not knowing what's kind of in your stomach as well. Mm. And some people might not have 
like painful periods or anything and not even know that they have endometriosis as well. So yeah, I think absolutely. that's Yeah, he recommends basically for all of his um, patients to do the laparoscopy and just see what's inside first. Yeah. Is which... that your baby crying in the background? Yes. Oh, do you want to go get her? Sorry, I thought my mum was like in there with her. No, Wait, you can go can grab I just her. That's go and fine. Grab her? Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'll be true sex. So when you guys go back for baby number two, do you think you'll just opt for a C-section straight away? Um, I think they said basically, yeah, if I, I mean, second pregnancy can be totally different. I might not have preeclampsia and have all the swelling again. So I think I might just see how I go. But they said if I do have the same symptoms and everything, I'd, yeah, just go in for a um, scheduled cesarean next time. Mm-hmm. So... Which yeah. I'm totally fine with. I'll I honestly I'll honestly just listen to what they say would be best for like myself and Coco and yeah. go from there. And to wrap it up, what advice would you give to any women out there that are in a similar boat to you? Um if I could probably say like, yeah, anybody looking to start a family or wanting to get pregnant, just yeah. Just go and basically get your get fertility checked. bloods done. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you just don't know really. Like, do you have to? Can are, you go to your GP for that? Do you know, or do you have to go to a fertility? Doctor? Yeah, so you can go to your GP and just basically say that you want to get your AMH tested, which is basically an egg count test. So it just that's a blood test they do on a certain day of your cycle. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. So basically, just sees the supply of like eggs follicles which have eggs in them inside your ovaries Mm. and they'll just give you a number so you can kind of see where you're sitting at from that and there's a few other blood tests that you can get done for your fertility as well okay yeah and if i mean if if you are single in your early 30s if it was me now if or if i went back i would look at freezing my eggs until i did meet like like the right guy that you wanted to have a family with as well just so you've got that if you do, like, rather than meeting someone in your 40s, yeah. uh, like me as well. So yeah. at least if you do, like, freeze your eggs. Was that ever something that crossed your mind or you weren't really educated on it until it was kind of too late? That's exactly it. I don't think there was as much education as no. there is now as well. Mm, so 100%. Yeah, I'm very big on telling people. I'm like, have you got – yeah, go and get your fertility bloods done and, yeah, yeah. – and it's good there's a lot more awareness out about it now as well. So. Yeah, exactly. There's so yeah, much more now. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today, Crystal, and sharing your journey to motherhood with us. Thank you so much for having me on. No, um, absolutely. Help, hopefully, if anyone is out there similar to me, I hope to give you a positive. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. so many people that have to go down that route, yeah, so it's definitely. great to share these types of stories. So thank you. All right. Thank you. That brings us to the end of today's show, guys. What I love most about Crystal's journey is the lifelong friendship she created with her donor, Jess, who gave her the greatest gift in the world. If you're having fertility struggles, I really hope this story helps inspire you to never give up. I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.